Hello everyone, this is episode 7 of Gaming's Lost Memories. I am your host, Big Reed, and today we will be talking about the Persona series. Um, so, the Persona series is a Japanese role-playing game that was uh, originally tied to the Shin Megami Tensei series. So, Atlas created it. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei is like, uh, it houses a bunch of different games, uh, all with very similar themes. They're all, you know, like old-school Japanese RPGs. Um, uh, they're, they're darker, uh, and they feature a lot of like gods and goddesses and demons and, uh, like creatures and things of that nature, um, basically all throughout human history and lore. So they basically, you know, reference and borrow from just about like all of human history, which is like pretty awesome. But, uh, the Persona series was kind of like a, 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 a branch off of the Shin Megami Tensei series. Um, so kind of what I wanted to talk about, because it's a, it's a franchise that I absolutely love. Uh, and it's one of those, it's not, a, it's not as much of a cult hit anymore because of, you know, the information age that we live in where, you know, Persona 5, it, the praises have been sung, you know what I mean? Like everybody kind of knows of the Persona series. Um, gamers anyway, I, I don't think it would be considered mainstream, but it's definitely out there a lot more, and it's so much easier to get the information and everything like that now than you know than what it used to be with either older you know Shin Megami Tensei games or even like the original Personas. Um, but yeah, I, it's it's one of those games where anybody that hasn't played it, but I know they kind of have you know an infinity for role-playing games i'm like you got to play persona you got to play persona like this game's amazing like play these games play these games like i can't say it enough <clears throat> um but it's also kind of interesting because like myself and i think with a lot of other people out there kind of discovered the series um you know kind of halfway through <laughs> so persona 3 uh, and persona 3 is one of my favorite games ever um but honestly you know all of them are good in their own right but what's really interesting is I kind of just discovered it. I don't want to say accidentally, but, uh, you know, I was in the military. So this is around the time the persona came out and, uh, there's a lot of downtime, you know what I mean? So like if, uh, if you're not doing something and you're not, you know, actually doing like military stuff, then, uh, you have some downtime. So my buddy and I, my roommate and I were in the, the barracks and I'll never forget this, but I, I'm looking over in the persona series and I would say SMT in general, but persona in particular, has a unique style and flair uh, visually and uh, with audio as well that just kind of like grabs you. So I don't even remember what I'm playing at this point, but I just, I'm, I'm looking over and I'm watching this game and three, four, and five each have uh, their own very unique flashy style. Five being like probably like the coolest and flashiest. Um, but they also have like a color that kind of like, that represents the game almost. So you know, going with starting with Persona Three, it's like a light blue. Uh, then you have yellow for Persona Four, and then red, like red and black for Persona Five. Mainly red. But what's super interesting is I'm just like watching this, and the music's incredible, and I'm like watching this like turn-based battle go on on the screen. And I think at the time with Persona Three, you you couldn't uh, control your party fully, uh, which I like. Uh, so hear me out in a second, but. I just remember I'm like looking at it and I'm like not even playing my game. Like my game's paused. And I'm just like watching him play this and he just, you know, sitting there. I don't think we're allowed to smoke in the barracks, but I'm pretty sure he was smoking. Um, uh, shout out to uh, Rutz. <laughs> Rest in peace. I, I, I miss him every day. Um, but I, I remember him like playing the game 
And I'm like watching. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. It's some game called per persona persona three. He's like, I, I found it uh, at GameStop. So this is back when they were still selling like PS2 games and stuff. And I'm just like looking at it and I can't remember who said it, but one of us looks at the other and we're like, is there a persona one? Uh, <laughs> and there was, um, so we talked about persona being part of the Shin Megami Tensei series. Well, Ooh, we're, we're gonna, it was originally going to be called revelations persona, which it, it was. Um, so, you know, that's what it was called, but instead of Shin Megami Tensei for the West, it was going to be revelations. Uh, and there was another game that was released under that moniker persona was released under that moniker. Um, so it, yeah, originally instead of Shin Megami Tensei, it was going to be called revelations persona. Now here's where it gets tricky. So I, I know in the past I have talked about this, but with Japanese games, and this is kind of like, you know, like so many gaming companies kind of game out of J J came out of Japan. And uh, I would say the roots of the modern video game industry. So starting with like the NES when Nintendo kind of came in and they were like, okay, we're going to fix up this video game industry that has crashed like six times. Like we're going to, we're going to change this. And this is like a brand new start. So I, I would say that so, so many of the roots of the modern video game industry are Japanese. So Nintendo, you take Mario, for example, and, you know, Mario's Mario, you know, he's based off of, you know, Shigi, Sh Shigeru Miyamoto's landlord. <laughs> so he's like some Italian guy, um, <laughs> which is really funny, by the way. But, you know, Mario's Mario, like Mario to a Western audience doesn't need changed. Like really, like you, you don't really have to do much to localize it, so to speak, quote unquote. However, with heavy text-based role-playing games um, and story-based games that are coming out of Japan, there's a localization. So with the localization, right, they'll generally translate it first, but then what they try to do is change words that, like, we might not have for Japanese words or vice versa, and they try to make it uh, more digestible or appealing for a different audience based upon the cultures, essentially, right? So uh, what's kind of cool, if you watch anime or read manga, you'll get like a, a, a translation, right? So you can have a really rough translation, which will give you kind of like an understanding as to what's happening. But sometimes like you'll read it and it almost sounds like robotic because, you know, it's, it hasn't been localized. Localization is when you, you know, take that translation and you kind of craft it towards like the new, you know, culture or new audience. Okay. So that's difficult with games like Persona or Shin Megami Tensei, and it's expensive. So kind of what happened with the first one, <laughs> is there a Persona 1? There is, and boy, what we got is weird. So this is kind of where I'm very open, and I encourage people that have never experienced a, a, a franchise. So Zelda, Shin Megami Tensei, you know, Mario, like whatever it is, whatever your entry into it, as long as you get to have those experiences as well, that makes me happy. So if I'm in a friendly debate online and somebody has only played, you know, say Pokemon Sword and Shield, then I'm like, okay, well, you're missing a lot of context. So here's why, like, I feel this way, you know, about these games that, you know, or uh, it, I think context is huge, especially like in the gaming industry. Um but the flip side is if you're saying, hey, this is my first Pokemon game, I'm super excited, or this is my first, like, 
let the gates open, bring everybody in. I want everybody to experience, you know, awesome games. And Persona felt that way to me. So if, if Atlas had left Persona at Persona 1, my goodness, would we have all missed out on a ton of awesome video games, them changing their entire localization process. And honestly, I, I think the, uh, the Western audience, it, it's the healthiest it's ever been for your really like small or low budget, you know, Japanese games. I, I think there's a market out there and, you know, with the internet, it's so much nicer to be able to get information and know what's coming out and, you know, praying, you know, you don't have to go back 20 years and pray that, um, a magazine, a gaming magazine you like is going to pick up this game. That's only going to sell a hundred thousand copies. So all of this has been awesome, not only for Atlas and Persona and Shin Megami Tensei, but for the the video game industry just in general. Like if you if you're making a specific you know product or you're making a JRPG, like there's going to be a market for it now, and you can kind of you know reach those people, which is absolutely phenomenal. But if everything would have, if Persona One would have been kind of the standard for the series, it, now it's a cult hit. Don't get me wrong, and Atlas has made this right, but it came out on the PlayStation. We looked it up, and I'm just like, what is going on here? And the more you read about the localization, the crazier it gets. So at one point, like, this is probably, like, the worst part, but at one point, they actually changed the ethnicity of a character um, to kind of match the Western audience more, which that's just really an interesting choice because uh, I, I don't think it's a good thing <laughs> with how it was done because I don't think it was done for the right reasons. Um but yeah, they, they changed characters, they changed how they look, they lightened their skin, um, you know, they made characters blonde. So basically what they're trying to do is pretend this game didn't take place in Japan, which if you have ever played any of the Persona games, it, <laughs> could you imagine if everyone just pretended it didn't happen in Japan? Like, it's all very clearly heavily Japanese influenced. Like, it, I, I fired up Persona 5 recently, and they're, like you're using the, the subway system like the train system, basically like that just doesn't really exist, uh, where I live at all. Like you cannot go and take a train anywhere. That's just not a mode of transportation. Um, and like, everybody's just like walking around and it's just the way the classrooms are set up, all of the Japanese names, like how, like, you know, it would just be absolutely fascinating if they continued doing that with their localization process. But luckily they didn't. Um, because if you were to play the original, not only did they cut content from the game, it had a really weird localization. Like they changed the names of everything. They pretended it wasn't in Japan. So thank goodness, you know, that they stuck with it. Persona two, which I think I have both copies of the PSP version. They remade them on PSP. Um, I don't think I've completed them. It was one of those things where I just liked collecting it, but, uh, my entry was definitely with Persona three. So it probably explains like why I feel that way. I'm like, well, you know, thankfully I was able to play this game and now I can sing the praises to everybody else. And, you know, uh, I can't recommend the games enough, but with persona three, I just remember, you know, Rutz and I looking at each other, is there a persona one? And we look back and we're like, yeah, but it's weird. Like what is going on here? Cause I'm like, I'm looking at all the names and I'm like, it's okay. Like we, you can, you can have Japanese names and everything like that. We'll get used to it. But it's, it's funny too, because even, uh, Shin Megami Tensei, I remember, oh my gosh, I remember going into GameStop and seeing, oh, I'm going to cry, collector's editions of SMT games. And like, 
they they had one copy of something. I don't even know what it was. I don't think it might have been Digital Devil Saga, which I have, but I didn't get the collector's edition. Um, but just sitting there, it's probably like so rare now. And they had it there for months and months. And I just remember seeing Shin Megami Tensei, and I was just like, "That's a what's that mean?" Um, but what's so like interesting about this is Persona eventually became its own thing. So with the popularity and kind of the the style of the game, it's very very clearly in the Shin Megami Tensei realm with three having played like Shin Megami Tensei four and five and a lot of the other like spinoff games like a uh, devil survivor on the DS, which is a fantastic SRPG. That's another game. If you haven't played uh, devil survivor, there's two of them. Um, if, if you can find a copy, I know they go for a lot now, but play those games. They're incredible. Um, but with Shin Megami Tensei, uh, and I feel like I'm having a brain fart now, but long story short, you know, Persona eventually became its own thing. Like, it can stand on its own legs now. So Persona 5 has shed the SMT moniker, which is really interesting, but also kind of understandable. But the funny thing is, is when you play the games, it's like, yeah, this feels like an SMT game. Like, it, it it's a little bit more lighthearted, where, sheesh, like, you play through some of the SMT games, and you ever hear that, uh, that old, like, joke about JRPGs? It's like, you know... Chapter one, I'm a farm boy with, you know, amnesia. And then chapter 20, time to kill God. <laughs> and that that's kind of like how the games are. Like the games, like they're very serious and they're about chaos and choice. So, you know, chaos represents choice. You can choose and, you know, there's no rules. And then, you know, the other side, law, lawliness or law, um, you know, be obedient and follow the rules. Like it, it's very, uh, it's very intriguing and interesting. But eventually, um, I played Persona 3. So something, you know, something happened and Rutz was like, hey, here's my TV. I'm going to be gone for a little bit. Um, and here's my copy of Persona. I'm like, okay. So I was playing Persona 3 on like this 20 or 21 inch quote unquote HD TV. I, I don't know if it was any of those, but I just remember uh, like stretching the game out. I don't know. Like the resolution was like terrible cause I stretched it out, but I was like, ah, this looks fine. But playing the game, like, holy smokes. So with the persona series three through five, we'll kind of start there. And I guess all of them, but, uh, I, I played three, four and five, uh, a lot. So persona three, it's very dark and they made some very interesting choices with it, but it follows, you know, a group of high school students um, and you have your personas slash your demons, you know, from the SMT series. So they're basically, you know, a lot of them are the same. So there's some new ones, obviously, but the persona kind of like represents your other self. So using what's called an evoker, which looks like a handgun, um, you kind of point, you put it towards your head and pull the trigger. And when you do that, you're able to, you know, summon your persona, which is like this, uh, demon monster thing, your other self that's inside of you that's super strong and allows you to, you know, fight these other monsters that are out there. Um, because what's happening is there's a dark hour that's, I want to say between like midnight and one o'clock. It's like an extra hour where, you know, everybody that's out goes into coffins and basically goes to sleep. But the people that don't go to sleep have the ability to summon a persona and like fight these shadows or these monsters that are like roaming around out there. And, you know, ultimately, you know, trying to destroy the world or, maybe that story, maybe that statement leaves a little bit to be kind of explained, but long story short, uh, it also introduced, 
uh, other elements too. So probably one of the most notable, which I think allows Persona to kind of stand on its own legs, are the social links. So <clears throat> there's characters. So not only in your team of you know Persona wielders, um, you know like the people that you control in battle and everything like that. Like you can build uh, rapport and relationships with them, but also um, other characters that you meet. You know either at school or just out and about, or you know in, in the case of Persona Three, you know online video games. Um, and they level one through 10. So like once you experience them, you kind of establish, you know, a bond with them and you can grow that bond until it's unbreakable, which means like you maxed out that social link. And if you max out social links, there's personas in those social links. So it leads back to like the gameplay. So you have this, like, I, I hate saying dating sim because I really like anybody that's played a dating sim, it's not persona. Like it's just... They're a very unique style of gameplay, but they have similar elements. So saying that, I, I don't mean it as like a, oh, this is just a dating sim, uh, but but they're similar. Like you can, you know, give them items, uh, gifts they might like, spending time with them, selecting the right options during, um, you know, like dialogue and everything like that. You'll build your rapport. The more you hang out with them, you build that social link. So with those social links, like say it's level nine, if you fuse a persona... Uh, so the fusion system comes back from Shin Megami Tensei. But if you fuse a persona, um, you get a level bonus because it's like, whoa, it's level nine. Here's this huge bonus. Like your persona might level up like 11 times after you fuse it. So they kind of tie uh, those relationships back into, you know, the core gameplay, which is a which is a turn based Japanese role playing game. Um, but it's just really dark and fascinating. So three, four and five all have their own feelings, you know what I mean? And all of them, they're M-rated games. So what's really interesting is like, you see like, you know, high school characters and like all this crazy stuff happening, but the games are incredibly mature. Uh, and Persona 3 is dark. Like if you want to be sad <laughs> with the story, but like happy at the same time, it's like so bittersweet. Um, I, I saw somebody um, on the Persona 3 subreddit, and they're like, I just finished the game, and they're like, oh my god, the feels. Like, it just, this game has destroyed me. And that's how I felt when I completed it for the first time. I was just like, jeez, like, I have to go about my day now? <laughs> it's like, this is impossible. Um, but the games are, are long, and what's really interesting about the Persona series is the time that Atlas allows and for the character to develop relationships and embrace this story so you feel all of it. Where sometimes if, say, you play like a, a, an action game that has cutscenes and it's maybe like seven or eight hours long, like you're kind of watching this stuff play out and then playing gameplay. So you're kind of like watching a story, so to speak. But, you know, with a game that's, jeez, oh, they could be... Okay, I, I did my second playthrough in like 50 or 60 hours, like 60 hours maybe. Uh, my first playthrough was like 100. So that kind of puts it into perspective. The games are kind of long. Now, one thing I will say, if I could wave a magic wand, I might slightly shorten the games up, but just a little bit. But on the flip side, I think one of the benefits that the developer has kind of like crafted with these games now is like you you experience these games so long that you're so much more tied to the story and so much more tied to the characters. Like you really are experiencing this and you're building relationships with these characters, like literally like, you know, maxing out their social link. So 
it, it really feels like they're a part of you once you walk away. And I, there have not been many games that have made me feel those types of feelings and experience, you know, those types of emotions where you're just like, dang, like I care about these characters and I care what's happening in the story. And if there's like something not good that happens, which the games do, like they they do not shy away from, you know, having it's not all hunky dory and just happy endings. You know what I mean? Or it's they're not afraid to have you experience a good story. Um, but with persona three in particular, like looking back now, having, having played, you know, three, four and five. So five just came out on the switch. So I doubt this is my third copy I purchased, uh, and persona three and portable and persona four golden are coming out in January, basically on everything. So it's going to be so fascinating and I'm, I'm really happy. And I really do hope that more people kind of get to experience these games and the people that have played them like 20 times like myself aren't just the ones coming back. I, I hope it really does, you know, bring in a new crowd that gets to experience these games. Uh, but Persona 3 in particular, um, it has you climbing this giant tower called Tartarus. Uh, so you're fighting shadows at night and every once in a while, like on the full moon of every month, uh, and the game plays out through, I want to say like nine months or a year or something like that. I can't remember how long. Um, but it, you play each day and there's a limited number of time. So time isn't constantly moving like on a real clock, but if you, you know, um, you know, go to school for the day, like it'll be afternoon and in the afternoon you can hang out with somebody and it'll progress to night. And then at nighttime you can either build a social link or go explore Tartarus, but Tartarus is this giant tower. Um, and I think it's at the school, but it's this giant tower. And as you go through, there's all these shadows and there's floor bosses. Like it's really interesting and the design of three is more grindy than four and five so i think they uh they they kind of like i don't want to say fix this but i feel like the you climbing tartarus is kind of symbolic uh in terms of like the the character as well um and also like the way that the story goes so it's it's really intriguing so you climb Tartarus, there's basically just Tartarus and there's like different blocks as you progress the story. And then once per full moon is like when this giant shadow comes and like, you know, you guys see it on the radar, you go, you fight it, uh, et cetera. So like, you're just trying to like, you know, keep everything in check and eliminate these shadows from like harming people. Um, Persona four, instead of Tartarus, there were uh, not palaces, because I think they're called palaces in five. But basically, uh, you know, you go into it and it only has so many floors. There's an end to it. And uh, you basically, you know, go through it. And at the end, you like the character unlocks their persona and has an epiphany. Like it's how you like kind of unlock your characters. Uh, and then Persona 5, I believe they were called palaces where it was like distorted versions of people's hearts. So, you know, how they truly were you know, and, uh, you're trying to like change how they feel. Cause generally like when you're in the palaces, uh, the people aren't doing like really great things. <laughs> uh, but what's really interesting too, like one of the overall themes we talked about was the social links and they do a really good job of having different characters and some are more, you know, intriguing or more memorable than others. However, you kind of get to experience, you know, you know, their story. So for example, in Persona 3, there's, you know, one of the characters is like the dying young man. So you go to the park on, you know, Sunday or whatever, and he's just like hanging out there. And the more that you talk to him, you know, he's, he's dying, 
and you kind of get to learn about him and experience him and everything like that. Or, you know, like the little girl character at the park as well. Um, and you know, you're hanging out with her, just spending time with her and you realize like her parents are arguing and fighting and like causing, you know, issues there. Um, but also like building up your party members too. So they do a really good job of creating complex characters that aren't all good, aren't all bad that, you know, have their desires, have their things they want to be happy or have things that they need to personally overcome themselves to be the best version of themselves that they can be. And that's kind of like the persona moniker as well. Um, you know, your inner selves, uh, with the main characters generally being able to fuse and use any persona where a lot of the other characters basically only have their one or a souped up version, like as you kind of like progress the story. Um, but yeah, the games are just, uh, really interesting. And I remember in persona three, this is like a, a side, a small side thing that like kind of cracks me up persona three, the original one, you couldn't, um, control your characters fully. So here's where that's bad. If the AI is bad or the AI is doing something stupid in a fight, then, uh, it's not great. Cause, uh, the way the games work is say a monster is weak to wind attacks and you use a wind attack, it'll knock them down and you'll get a bonus turn. So like you really want to balance that out, especially for like bosses and everything like that, because the games don't mess around. Now there are different, um, difficulty settings. And I know, so persona also has a, a habit of Atlas will listen to feedback and then they will release like a, a special version. So Persona 3 was Persona 3 FES, Persona 4 was Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 5 was Persona 5 Royal. Um, so, it, But they enhance the game and they add features that people had requested, which that's a gutsy move, but it also kind of, it, it's interesting because you can play, say, Persona 5 and then play Persona 5 Royal like later and be like, yeah, it's like my send-off. Like they, they did these enhancements, they did these cool things, they added these things, they changed up social links, they tweaked gameplay. It's kind of interesting and you don't see it. I, I mean, I guess you do see like Game of the Year editions, but Atlas is really good at listening to feedback and making improvements, you know, where they need to. Um, oh, so Atlas doesn't shy away from, you know, making enhancements or changes uh, to the games if they need to, uh, which is really cool because like, uh, later on in persona three portable, for example, you got a, a, a female route, which I think was really good, uh, because it's like, Hey, if you want to experience persona three, you know, closer to the core experience, you play the male characters route. But then, you know, if you've already played that game once before, you can try this like whole new perspective. And, uh, that's like really cool. Um, but you can't control your party members in the original Persona 3. And I actually turn that off. So having full control, I turn that off except for boss fights now because they do so well at making your party members feel like real people and having like emotional impact on you that I like them to be controlled because it makes them feel more like themselves, if that makes sense. It's like I want them to be their own independent people. Which is really interesting because if I told you, hey, uh, I'm going to have a computer control 75% of your character party, you might be like, uh, get out of town. <laughs> so that's where, uh, depending on the difficulty that you're playing on, it might not be too much of an issue. But also, um, you can change it at any time. So normally what I'll do is if I'm going into a boss fight or a more tough fight, um, I'll, I'll have like player control because you kind of you just have to, to be honest, especially with some of the boss fights. The games are also tough and SMTs like this, uh, 
they it, it, the games on their natural settings are pretty hard and uh, they've been making the games more accessible by offering, you know, all kinds of different uh, difficulty settings. Like my third playthrough of Persona 5, uh, I'm doing it on whatever the easiest setting is because like at this point, like I just want to experience the story and go through it on the Switch. But if you want a challenge, like the base difficulty on a lot of these games is like tough. Like you, you got to pay attention and you got to use like... I know in a lot of RPGs, sometimes the status elements and like the weird moves, the non-damage dealing moves, like you're just like, ah, I don't really need to use these, but they're super impactful and important in the Persona series, especially with like Persona 3. Like I, I remember playing the game one time and just dying to a random uh, like boss battle or not boss battle, excuse me, like a random encounter in Tartarus. And I'm just like. I, I wasn't really paying attention and I just got off on the wrong foot and they gave like a status element and Oh, keep in mind there's holy and, uh, you know, uh, death or darkness attacks. I can't remember. Moodoo, I think it's called, but, uh, yeah, where, you know, you'll encounter enemies where if you give them a turn, they cast a instant kill on all four of your party members. And it's just like, sometimes it'll hit two of them and you're like oh oh geez oh man <laughs> like this is bad and you're fighting like three or four monsters that all have these abilities and they just like spam them over and over so like you can't mess around <laughs> you know what i mean um but persona 3 uh also got a uh psp version so here's where it gets a little tricky because i like persona 3 portable but i played persona 3 and persona 3 fes so, like, you can control your character, meaning they, like, run around. Um, and, but on the PSP version, uh, which the other day I went to I went to turn it on. So, that, I think this was on Friday, so a few days ago. And I, I went to turn it on, and I'm like, oh, it wasn't working. So, I, I go to take my battery out, and my battery just expanded and had died. Like, I mean, geez, that battery's probably, like, 10 years old or maybe more, maybe, like, 12 years old. So I had to order a new battery. Luckily, my PSP is working again, so we're all good there. <clears throat> but I was like just trying to play some Persona 3 to like refresh my memory a little bit. And it was just like, nope, you, you can't do it. Um, so that was always uh, that was pretty interesting as well. But with Persona 3 Portable, um, they kind of due to the limitations of the PSP, they took out some of like the anime cutscenes and they did them as stills. So still images Um and they would describe kind of like what's happening. They're like, this is a bustling city square uh, because, you know, they're not showing like the actual city square with like people moving like in the anime cutscene. So and you control like a dot or excuse me, like a circle on the screen, like a cursor. So I, I'm fine with it. And I had a great experience with Persona 3 Portable. I think I beat that game twice. So male and female route. But... I don't know if it would be better for people to experience something closer to maybe what FES was where like you kind of run around like on the map, like I, because you control them in Tartarus, just not in like the daytime and like social elements, uh, persona four and five and like four golden and everything like that. They were on better, you know, hardware, the PS2 and the Vita, uh, persona five on like all the modern stuff. So I don't know. It, it's interesting. Um, I, I hope people give persona three portable a shot, but I'm very curious as to somebody experiencing that game for the first time as the portable version, if that is like the, I, I'm very curious to see like how they would uh, interpret it and feel about it. Um, I liked it, but I had played, you know, Persona 3 kind of originally. But the series kind of now, 
you know, stands on its own, which is really interesting. And, and there's different themes. Persona three is dark and kind of depressing. Uh, it ha- it focuses a lot on, you know, death. Uh, essentially, the world is, what is it, apathy syndrome, I think they call it, where they're basically just turning into, like, zombies. And, like, as you progress to the end of the game, there's just more and more people, like, just standing around like zombies. And, you know, there's... I'll have uh, spoilers. I won't go into too much detail. I'll, I'll include spoilers on this tag uh, for this podcast. But I, I remember finishing Persona 3... And I, I was playing Persona 3 Portable, and I think that might have been my first full completion of the game. But I, I remember I started playing at like 10 p.m. or 11 p.m., and the game just was so good. Like, I'm getting closer and closer to the end, and I can feel that I'm getting closer to the end. And like, all the stories unraveling, the twists, like, everything's just happening. I'm just like, my goodness. Like, I, I couldn't put it down. And I remember experiencing the end and you could call it sad you could call it tragic you could call it extremely bittersweet there's so many things you could call it i just remember like experiencing all of those feelings and emotions and i'm like tearing up i'm like you know getting the sniffles and i just remember like it's starting to become dusk and i can start hearing like the morning birds chirping and you know it's not completely dark anymore it's still dark but you can tell the sun's like slowly about to start coming up and I just remember finishing the game and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> it, it's quite unlike anything I've ever experienced. It's uh, there's just so many emotions wrapped up in the ending and Persona 4 and 5 are a lot more lighthearted, even though they deal with some extremely dark themes. Persona 3 has a feeling of not hopelessness because there is hope, but it's just dealing with it's just very dark it feels after playing these games and then playing a lot of the Shin Megami Tensei games now it feels pretty close to an SMT game like like one of the mainline games or what you would experience now you have your lighthearted elements of the social links and stuff like that too in high school and etc um but Persona 4 had a unique mix and we, we talk about like the different colors of the different games three four and five it was all yellow and like it's really cool but it feels uh it feels like uh, Japanese high school Scooby-Doo, but if the mysteries they were solving were murders. <laughs> so instead of it being like, oh, who's trying to scare the, the people away from the farm? And it's like, it's old man Withers. No, it's like, oh, somebody's dead and they're on top of a building, like caught in this wire. You're like, oh, <laughs> well, that's bad. <laughs> um, but I really like Persona 4 a lot. And I, I feel like, once again, they knock it out of the park with the music. The overall games, like, the Atlas pays attention to the details with these games. And you, I feel like so many games, you just, like, don't see it. Especially, you know, some of the more modern, like, you know, Japanese RPGs that have, like, come out. They, they, don't, they don't find, like, their, their style, so to speak. And I feel like Persona 4 definitely had an awesome style. Uh, five even more so, but four had its like own thing. So like you're all these, you know, characters are coming together to solve these mysteries of these murders and everything like that. And, you know, everybody's kind of having to overcome something in themselves too, which is like really, really cool the way they do it. 
Um, and then Golden, of course, you know, got released on the Vita and they just like souped it up. What's so interesting about Persona 4, and I don't know if this was true with 3, um, you can get a bad ending really easy. <laughs> so a lot of the uh, uh, SMT games in general have like multiple endings or paths you can choose. Um, and if you do the bad one, so I, I think I ended up looking up the bad one or not the bad one, but like, you know, the less than stellar ending. And it's just like, it feels like there's something looming over you. And then you just kind of like leave and your journey ends and it's weird. Um, so you want to make sure that you're paying attention in these games too. Uh, at this point, as long as you're not spoiling anything, if you look up something and you're like, Hey, cause you don't want to screw up a part in persona four and get like the mediocre ending. And you're just like, Maybe I should play that again. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, ah, that wasn't good. <laughs> but all of, a lot of their games have it. Catherine, another spinoff game, um, has that as well, where that's not really an RPG, but it's like you can get a not-so-great ending as well. Um, and then Persona 5. So Persona 5 got away from the, the SMT banner, and that's it's not good or bad. It just kind of is what it is. You know what I mean? So it's odd because it shares so many things with SMT and the series came from the SMT banner. But I think at this point, since persona three, the series has only gotten more popular. And I think it kind of stands on their own now. Cause I, I think there could be people that might be a fan of the persona series and maybe hasn't played the other SMT games. Um, so I can kind of understand it, but then the flip side is it's like, it's very clearly sharing things that are common in all of the SMT games, you know, like the demon, the fusion system, etc. So it's just kind of like interesting. Um, but I think at this point, the series does kind of stand on its own. So I, I, I don't see it as a bad thing. It's just an interesting choice. But I think at the end of the day, you know, SMT is going to kind of continue to be, um, more specialized and your persona series is going to appeal to like there are persona specific fans now and once again let the floodgates open let everybody come in like if persona leads you to smt awesome like there's so many like cool different experiences and games you can play so i'm i'm happy let everybody in um but yeah persona 5 uh so that just came out on the switch as well so replaying it again and the games are very slow they take their time and they make sure that they, so I mentioned earlier very briefly that they take place on an actual calendar. So like you start the game and you're going to go through like each day. So the games are, are long, um, and slow. Now that's not necessarily a bad thing because they don't feel that way because the, they, they fragment the gameplay by doing a, a lot of small little bites. So for example, um, your character has like five stats, um, outside of the RPG elements and, you know, it could be uh, like intelligence, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, charisma. Okay. But you can do certain things to level them. You can read books. You can watch movies. You can play games. You can you, you answer questions correctly in class and you can level that up. So you're leveling those things up in small little bite-sized things like, oh, I'm going to play this game and it's, I know it's going to level my charisma, right? Um, so you do that and then there's your palaces that you go into. 
you know, that are part of the story and everything like that. So the game's all fragmented into like, you know, little bite size. And I feel like they started that with Persona 3. I think they did that really well. Like one night you would go to Tartarus and just do a bunch of Tartarus stuff. Um, it, I always recommend because your characters can get tired, I think. I know that was a thing in 3. Oh my gosh, that's one element in Persona 3 that it's probably good that they took out. Because um, the game tried to naturally balance itself out. So the longer that you stay in the midnight hour, like in Tartarus, your characters become fatigued. And when they become fatigued, um, they might not listen to your commands and they might get knocked down real easy. So like your party's can get wiped out. So it's kind of the game saying like, hey, you need to go and rest. Or if you stay out like super late, like your characters get fatigued, then like you just can't go to Tartarus again and stuff. So it's really interesting. But I think they did away with that. Uh, I think in Persona 4 and 5, which... It's probably better because like you could just find yourself in a really, you know, bad situation when all of your characters are just getting destroyed <laughs> by like basic enemies. Um, but I, I they're slow. And like I said, if I could wave a magic wand, especially like Persona 5, I would trim a little bit off of it, but not too much because due to how steadily and meticulously the game plays out and you level these social links and you experience the story like by the end of it, as they introduce story-based elements, it's just like, wow. Like, I, I feel all of this because you had time to build these relationships with these characters. So that way, like, as the story elements are happening, like, you feel pretty good. Um, I feel like the lack of control in Persona 5, because the whole game's about breaking the shackles of your prison and, you know, like, you know, becoming the harbinger of change and control and you know getting out of this and being rehabilitated and all that stuff so i think with that the game especially for like the beginning like it's just like go to bed go to bed like you meet a character called morgana it's like go to bed go to bed go to bed so it's like just let me play the game um but i think it was done intentionally uh but but it is interesting so i think it might be nice to allow maybe a teeny bit more exploration it, you know when they do persona 6 um, but once again, like all of the games are good and uh, it's hard for me to say, like, don't make the games 90 hours or a hundred hours because once you finally finish them, like you might feel like you've run a marathon. So like you, you prepare, you play, you, you put in the hours and then you finish the marathon and you're like, I'm so happy I did that. Like, I'm so proud of myself. I'm so happy I got to experience that. That's how the persona games feel to me. Like you finish that marathon and you're like, geez, like the way that I feel about the experience right now, I don't think I would change anything, <laughs> which is uh, interesting to say about a hundred hour game. Like you definitely get your money's worth. You know what I mean? But yeah, the Persona series, it's just super interesting and special. And I, I think it's a good, to be honest, I, I think it's a good segue into other Atlas games in the Shin Megami Tensei series. Um, so I feel like it's a good starting point. So I look at it as, because there's some purists and there's nothing wrong with that because I, I understand. Like I talked earlier about context and if you've been playing, you know, SMT forever and all of a sudden this like Japanese high school, you know, side game comes out and is super popular and everybody loves it. You know what I mean? And it's getting more kind of more eyes and more focus and attention than maybe like the games that you kind of came up playing, you know, in the series. I could understand a little bit of like being like, hey, look at all these awesome games too. Like you need to experience that too. Um, but I, I look at it as it's a good segue into it. So if you play, you know, any of the Persona games and that leads you into maybe trying another SMT game, like I'm I'm all about that because I, I feel like the series is just absolutely incredible. It's old. 
I think SMT is like 25, 30 years old at this point. Like, you know, I want to say NES or something like that. It might have been. Maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe it was later, but it was definitely uh, pretty early. Um, but yeah, the games are just absolutely phenomenal. I, don't, I think they are able to tell a story in a way that's just not done with basically any other, you know, games. And that's why they became so popular and they became cult classics and they became, um, you know, well known is because they're doing things that other games aren't doing. And it's really fun watching, you know, going from Persona 3 all the way to 5, just seeing the review scores just, you know, go up and up and, you know, the sales go higher and higher. Like I, I, I think it's absolutely phenomenal. And they're just, it's a series of games that you have to experience them. You have to, you know, just play through the, the social links and play through the, the story, you know, with an open mind and just kind of follow these characters on the journey. And it's kind of funny too, because they do have a lot of like, you know, JRPG or anime tropes and everything like that too, that are hilarious, but they, they do it in such a way that it doesn't feel like, um, uh, cheesy, you know what I mean? Cause there's in persona five, uh, there's a maid character that's like, Whoa, <laughs> it's like a curveball, and you're like, uh, but then you get to understand, you know, why that character is, you know, in that like maid service job and, you know, what relevance they have to the main character. And all, to be honest, all of the main characters are cool too. Now I know a lot of them, uh, don't speak directly. Like they kind of speak through the, the choices that you select. And it's funny persona five. I feel like your character does have a voice. I don't remember that in three. I, f I don't know if they did that in four. Like your character doesn't really like talk too much, which I think is good. But persona three, your, your character was kind of like a, they looked kind of like edgy and emo, you know what I mean? Uh, which I, I like the main character persona three, I think pound for pound, um, you know, that character's arguably the best of the series, um, because of how the story unfolds, uh, persona four, like you got your like more handsome, uh, you know, like cooler character and then persona five, it's just like edge, not edgy, but like stylistic and very cool. And like your, you know, your main character Joker, just like they're just awesome and they know it and they're kind of not uh, conceited, but they, they understand that they're, you know, like pretty awesome. And the opening, uh, you know, cutscene really shows that off where it's like, <laughs> like I got this, check this out. And it's like, you're awesome Joker. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're great starting points. Uh, it's, it's a, another thing that's wonderful too. And I, I think this is really important for the video game industry. Um, you got to get your games on the platforms that are out there. I understand like exclusivity and that's always going to be out there, but you know, Sega, I think, I think it's Sega Sammy owns Atlas now. I think that's how it is. So they're, they're publishing it. So if I'm looking at that, you have these quality games, like you have so many Atlas games, get them out on anything and everything. And like, it shouldn't be, you know, I have a switch and I'm waiting for this game to come out, like find a way to get it to launch at the same time or, you know, within the launch window, at least because the market's out there. And if you don't do that, you're only harming yourself by eliminating potential, you know, fans or players or sales of the game, because there's already uh, a good amount of people buying it on switch. And honestly, like how much money did it cost to freaking port it over? Probably not a lot. Um, so yeah, it's really great. So persona five is basically on everything now. Um, and then persona three portable and persona four golden in January of this coming year, um, you're going to see 
you know, those released on other consoles as well. So it, it might be fun. I don't know if I would play them all back to back again, just due to time constraints, but uh, I definitely want to replay um, four as well, just because I feel like the last time I played it was on the Vita. So I've played that one. It's been the longest since I played that one. Five is the most recent. And then three, I think a few years ago, I, I completed three a second time. But there's really no wrong way to experience the games. Um, get into them. Take your time with them. And it's easy to do so because the games, you know, are, are longer. But what I mean is, like, don't try to do everything in one playthrough. I think technically on a technicality you can, but the games are designed to be played through again. Um, so, like, if there's, like, social links you didn't complete or things you wanted to do differently, you can. And you carry over the progress of the social links and the character stats um, outside of combat. And I think you carry over your personas, too. So it's like you can go through the game again pretty quickly. Uh, but there, there's just nothing quite like them. And I think Atlas needs to continue to, you know, embrace at the core of what the games are. You know, don't do the Persona 1 and try to pretend they're not in Japan. Like, they're Japanese games. They take place in Japan, like, as opposed to what they did with 1 and trying to pretend and, like, you know, uh, change, you know, the ethnicity of characters and, like, you know, change how they are, change the names. Like, teach. You know what I mean? And I, I think uh, JRPGs and Atlas especially have been doing a really good job of kind of doing that. Like, teach your new audience because the audience is there and the the product that you have is just absolutely incredible. And like I said, it's just been so wonderful, you know, singing, you know, the Persona series praise from the, you know, uh, the the rooftops. Like, just play the, play the series. This will get you into SMT. Play this, play this. Like, so it's, it's awesome seeing the games become more popular and more accessible to, you know, everyone out there. Um, but yeah, the, the Persona series is amazing. Persona 3, 4, and 5, play them. Play Persona 3. Uh, it, play any of them, but if you can give Persona 3 a shot, uh, it's actually interesting going back, even though, you know, the games are more... I think they're more closely linked to SMT uh, in terms of difficulty and also, you know, maybe some more archaic elements to the series that they kind of have done away with recently. But I think it also kind of puts it into perspective because it's like, whoa, this game is like more difficult. It's darker. And I, I just think the, the ending was just absolutely phenomenal. And like, you know, it just had me emotional. I'm like, Oh my God. Like, I still can't believe that's kind of like where they left it off. Um, but there's been a lot of spinoff games too. Now the spinoff games, I haven't played too much. I think I played, um, was it, Persona Liberinth, Persona Q, the Persona Q series. I uh, played that a little bit. Um, there's like dancing games and everything like that. But I mean, if that brings more people to the franchise, then that's fine. Uh, games I haven't played myself, but uh, the core experiences are absolutely phenomenal. So I highly recommend if you like video games or especially if you like RPGs and you haven't played Persona, holy crap, play Persona, then dive into SMT uh, because you're in for a treat because there's nothing quite like those experiences out there. Uh, but that'll wrap up this podcast. I really appreciate you talking with me today. Uh, once again, this is Big Read, and this was another episode of Gaming's Lost Memories.